Welcome to the Programming Podcast. Here you can learn about computer science concepts in a brief and accessible way. I'm your host, Minko Gadget. Hello, everyone. In today's episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss two concepts which are related to source code mintability. We are going to discuss coupling and cohesion. Let us first start with cohesion. Why should we care about this? Well, basically the cohesion of a certain module, when I'm saying a module, I in general mean a unit of code. It could be a Java package or an ECMAScript module or a class or even a function. So the coupling of such units is the degree which determines how the elements inside of this unit belong together. This means that if a unit has a very strong cohesion, it is going to have a very well-defined responsibility. It is not going to do a variety of things which are unrelated to each other. I'm going to discuss a particular example just in a little bit. What about coupling? So the coupling on the other side depends how the modules in the system relate to each other. Again, by modules, I mean just different units. They could be classes or packages or even functions. It doesn't really matter. Both of these concepts, as I mentioned, are related to source code maintainability. So even though most systems in the wild are very complicated, if we have these concepts of cohesion and coupling in mind, we can build more future-proof systems where the individual modules are really cohesive, really easier to reuse, for example, and nothing is too tangled and coupled together where we have undefined number of connections between the individual abstractions. And when we touch one of them, we we'll have to touch all the dependent ones because we don't know which one is going to produce an unwanted effect. So let us first focus on cohesion. In general, in software engineering, we're trying to increase the cohesion of the individual units. So if we have a module, we want it to be very cohesive. We want it to do only a single thing, which makes also the system easier to understand, right? If we have a very well-defined responsibilities of a certain module and we have a good name for it, this means that we really don't need to dig into the details, into the implementation details of this module. We can just look at the name and we're going to be completely certain what this module is all about. Let me give you an example, an engineering example on what does it mean to have a cohesive design. So a couple of episodes back, I discussed the decorator pattern and there I explained to you how I built a communication channel in the platform rhyme.com. This communication channel I was able to decorate in order to provide a way to add extra functionality to it, for example, request response or different types of notifications and so on and so forth. But all of the messages that are exchanged in this message channel, in this communication channel, they have their own format. And in some cases, for some systems, we may want to change this format. For example, on a very bandwidth sensitive systems where the user has very limited bandwidth, we may want to just send a binary, the messages in binary format, because this is going to be much more compressed format that is going to consume not that much network. 
In other platforms, however, on other systems, we may want to encode the message in JSON format. And this might be absolutely reasonable decision because the JSON messages are much easier to reason about. They are human readable format pretty much once we add the necessary amount of spaces and indentation. So that's another completely reasonable encoding mechanism for the messages. And the question is, should we put the formatting logic inside of the message channel or not? Well, probably the right answer in this question is going to be that we should extract the message formatting logic or the, mes the message encoding logic into a separate abstraction. This way, our message channel is going to be only responsible for connecting to the other party, for receiving and sending messages, and eventually disconnecting from the other side. If we want to update the message format, we can just take uh, the codec implementation and pass it down as a dependency of the message channel. And that's it. If we want to change the message format, we can just pass a different codec, right? See how easy it is. So these are two very cohesive abstractions. We have the message channel, which has a good level of cohesion, and we also have the codec, which only does encoding and decoding of messages. There is a very interesting paper, which is called Cohesion and Reuse in Object-Oriented Systems, which shows that inheritance, like very aggressive inheritance of common abstractions, can lead to poor cohesion. And uh, this is actually an excellent proof that we shouldn't aim for very aggressive inheritance pretty much nowhere, because inheritance couples our classes first a lot. Like inheritance is, I guess, the strongest level of coupling that you can achieve, because you inherit all the public and protected methods from your parent. And on top of that, once we aim to reuse a given abstraction in different inheritance chains, it's very likely that we add some unrelated things, some things that definitely don't fit all the individual use cases and all the different contexts in which we're trying to use this base class. All right, in the last part of the podcast, I would want us to briefly discuss coupling. So losing coupling is usually a good thing. This means that if we have a single abstraction and it knows for as fewer other abstractions as it could in the system, this is probably going to be fine. Imagine we have n different classes in our system and each one of these classes knows about all the other n-1 classes. Well, in this case, if we change one of the classes in the system, we may have some unwanted effects on the other classes as well. So this creates a very unmaintainable system. We're going to couple one of our classes to all other classes, which means that, well, if we update the public interface to any of these classes, we'll have to update all of its dependencies as well. So that's definitely not ideal. There is also a re really interesting paper that I have linked in the resources for this episode, which discusses how coupling can impact the system's maintainability. They're looking at existing projects at how many defects they have, and they're trying to figure out some quality metrics for coupling that can help you have a better heuristic on what effect the coupling of the system can have on your productivity. There are different types of coupling as well. The one that I mentioned where one 
class is coupled to many other classes public interfaces, this is just only one of the many examples. We can have temporal coupling as well. For example, if we have side effects, many functions with side effects, and we have a global state, the result of the invocation of the individual functions could be dependent on the order in which we have invoked them, because each one of them can produce some mutations that are later being consumed by the other functions, and we may have unpredictable system this way. So temporal coupling is something that you should probably think about as well when you're writing your source code. So there is very interesting law of Demeter that you can read more about. I have applied a link in the resources for today's episode. It pretty much sets some, some constraints on top of the methods and properties that you can access inside of the methods of certain classes. So this law is really, really powerful. At the same time, as most walls, it has its own exceptions. So you shouldn't follow it probably 100% of the time, especially if you're building a performance critical system, because it leads to the creation of some wrappers and indirection, which can slow down eventually uh, your performance to some extent. Finally, I just want to share a couple of words about losing coupling and aiming at this far too aggressively. Imagine you have a system which has a couple of completely independent modules that are communicating through a publish subscribe or a message bus. Each of these modules, they subscribe to a certain topic and they only communicate via this message bus. So none of the modules or none of the objects, you can think about these abstractions as objects or functions or even Java packages or however you prefer to, all of them, they just know a little bit about the interface of the publish subscribe or the message bus abstraction. They don't know anything about each other. Although at first the system seems great, like the individual modules, they have really strong cohesion and they have minimal amount of coupling. Well, at the same time, they are really hard to reason about. At some point, you may need to have really complicated interactions across these modules, and they might be really hard to be tested in isolation. It might be really hard to track what kind of messages are exchanged between all these different objects. You may have even circular dependencies that are extremely hard to track because this system relies entirely on this dynamic linking between these modules exchanging messages that are completely undefined at build time. This means that although we should be aiming to lose coupling in our system, coupling still helps with communication. It still helps us to know which particular abstractions depend on other abstractions. All right, so this episode we discussed coupling and cohesion. I really hope that you'll be able to extract some value out of it and be able to build more maintainable and structured systems. Thank you. To learn about new episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at mgadget. The list of all resources and recordings is available at podcast.mgetchev.com. Thanks for listening.